Um, last week we uh, talked about unity and how God has a theme of unity in everything he does, that he brings us together. He made us part of his family. He brings us together in marriage, that he creates a family unit. Everything he does is about coming together. And, of course, that Satan, what he wants to do is, is tear apart everything that God does, make everything that God does look like it's not true, that it's a sham, that we shouldn't follow it. So Satan wants to divide and so we're going to pick up from there, and, and uh, I don't plan out weeks and weeks and weeks of time anymore. I kind of just go week by week. That was there. I kind of keep things fresh in my mind where we, where we're working on. So I'm not. I can feel like I could put on a better, better lesson, you know, as I keep it fresh. And so looking at this week to see what to talk about, and of course, a lot of times that's. Uh, What's going on in the world or my own life or how I might be feeling at a particular time, you know, will weigh into that. You know, sometimes you just, what God uses with me, I want to press forward. And, and so uh, we're looking at a lot of different things. We're living in a very different world right now than I can have ever imagined. Uh, we've already came a, through a lot of difficulties and... Satan is really trying hard to divide. And, uh, of course, this isn't a surprise. We've seen things that we talked about last week that things are on the decline. Um, church, religion, belief in God, marriage, the family structure. These things that God wants us to do, we see we're drifting further and further away from it. As we do, we can start to see the results of the world that's taking place from drifting further from God. And uh, so, stop right there and have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this this time, Father, to, to be able to get into your word today, Father, be able to, to speak of you, Father, to speak your message. I ask you to take myself out of the way, Father, just let your true message shine through to open the hearts and minds to receive it. And we ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. So, uh, it's it's challenging today whenever you're you're teaching the word of God because first of all it's hard to find a captive audience that wants to to even hear it. It's hard because we have to break down all the barriers of things that the world has programmed into us that structured religion has put into us and to find the true word of God and be able to bring that out and to be able to make that relatable and and in today's world to show how it's still just as live and just as viable today. And, you know, for a long time I fought the you know, why God would use me to do such a thing. And then, you know, he told me, he said, well, I need someone that's going to be different. So I've tried to be that difference. But it comes to be a challenge. You know, we face all these normal, everyday challenges, and now we're looking at these bigger challenges to, to face. And you wonder, you know, when, when is it time to just say, hey, forget it. Call it quits. And uh, this group is typically an older bunch. And um, a lot of times... 
I hear things, you know, well, I'm, I'm ready for Jesus to come back. I'm waiting on Jesus to come back. And I've always thought, well, you know, I'm not quite ready yet myself. Not that I'm not looking forward to it. Of course I am. I mean, I'm excited to see Jesus. I'm excited to get to heaven. I know I'm going there. But there's the thing. I know that I'm going there. I know that I'm going to get there eventually. And I have a whole entire eternity to spend there in the presence of my Lord, in the presence of heaven. And this time we have here on earth is just but a, a speck of time, just a little bit. So I want to get the most out of it. But here recently, the way that the, the world's been going and you, we look and see how everything is, it makes you kind of want to fall in that crowd to just, okay, Jesus, come on back. Let's be, let's be done with it. And then, uh, so as I'm, I'm pondering over this and praying over this, it brings me to Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. An expected end. A finish. So when exactly does that end take place you know uh, as we look at the things we do in life a lot of times we work really really hard and we we go to school we form you know we go to work and then we retire and then we kind of just take it easy after that is that our expected end we some people have the, the, the thoughts that well, once I become saved, that's it. That's, that's all I need to do. That's my expected end. And then, is it when we close our eyes for good here on earth and we are in heaven, is that our expected end? See, God doesn't tell us that we need to get to point A to point B. He tells us He has an expected end. And this time we have here is, is so short. And we know how precious time is. We've talked many times about it. It's the one commodity that we can't renew. We can't get any more of. And we don't know how long we have. That's why I believe it's important that we make every moment count. And just because seems things seem hopeless just because it seems like there's on a, a decline it's a runaway train that's never going to come back doesn't mean as christians we should give up on this world because we have many things that we can still do and you know this is not a new concept and uh we're going to look at that today in first kings chapter 19 and look at uh, a fellow named Elijah. And Ahab told Jezebel that Elijah had done, and with all he had slain the prophets with the sword. And Jezebel sent a messenger, saying unto Elijah, So let the gods do this to me, and more also, that if I make not life of a life, one of them tomorrow about this time. And when that he saw that he had arose, and he went and came to Beersheba, which belonging to Judah, and left his servant there, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juper tree and requested himself that he might die. 
and said, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than any of my fathers. And as he lay there, he slept under the Jupiter tree, and behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and he behold, there was a cake baked on the coals and a curse of water at his head. And he did eat and drink, and he lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came to him a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because thy journey is too great for thee. Now, Elijah had faced all these difficulties. And like many other men of God, he had done and witnessed great things. But yet, we all have our, our breaking point. We all have the point when the world just seems too big, too much. And there's where he was at. He's like, I just can't do this anymore. I'm just ready to check out. But the Lord told him that you're not done. And this applies to each and every one of us because we are not done. If God didn't have a purpose for us to be here, if we wasn't here to make a difference, then we wouldn't be here. We all have a mission. We all have a purpose. We all have things we can do. And another thing that we can take from this is, is no matter how bad it seems, this man was ready to lay down and die. He had enough. Tired of being in this world. Just take me out. Ready to die. Give it all up. But the Lord was there for him. And he's there for each and every one of us. See, remember, God only asked us to do what we can do. We only have to take it as far as we can. And whenever we run out, whenever we reach that point, that's where God's going to step in. He's going to take over and he's going to carry us the rest of the way. He's going to find out what is lacking in us and he's going to fill it up and he's going to take us the rest of the way. And we all possess this. We all have this. God is here for each and every one of us. We only have to do what we can do. And you know, it's real easy to quit. Quitting, giving up, that's one of the easiest things in the world you can do. You decide you're going to go for a run, but you don't quite make it to your destination. Well, it's easy to turn around and walk home. If something's too hard, it's easy just to lay it down. Well, I don't feel good today. I have this limitation. We can make excuses for anything. Anything that is holding us back, we can, or perceived to hold us back, we can make an excuse for. We're looking at things today and we see that people often claim that different attributes. Well, I come from the wrong side of town. I come from the wrong place. I have the wrong background. 
I have a checkered past. I have a skin color that holds me back. But for every one of these situations, there is also a success story. There are people that have criminal records that have made a success of themselves despite their background. There are people of different ethnicities, color, that are highly successful. Beyonce just signed a hundred million dollar deal with Disney to do three movies. Nothing's holding her back. It's real easy to make excuses. See, we let our feelings get the best of us. We let our discomfort get the best of us. And it holds us back. See, if we look at, we look at Elijah here, he was in a, a series of discomforts. He had some dark feelings going on. He was feeling sad, depressed, tired. And he's not the only, other, only one. You know, uh, almost everyone here had these moments where things look dark, where they had to make that extra push. When they're underneath that weight bar and you have to make one more rep, when you have to take one more step, when you have to push yourself just a little bit further than you think you can go. David, he was pursued many times. People wanted to take his life. People turned against him. We look at Jesus. All it took was a crowd. And it took just a few people agging on the crowd, standing up, saying, crucify him, crucify him. And look what happened. Pretty soon, everybody jumped on the bandwagon. Everybody band together, and they put him up on that cross. But to hold tight, to push yourselves a little bit further. Satan wants you to have excuses. You know, uh, we live in the United States of America. Now, you may not tell it today by looking at the news, but this is the greatest country in the world. We are a world power. We are a country based on freedom, capitalism, things that allow any person, no matter what they do, to become anything they want to be. If they're willing to work hard, 
apply themselves. And one thing that gets left out many, many times is partnering with God. Allowing Him to show you the way and get you to that, what? Expected end. See, one of the side effects that we are now facing is we have become very selfish people. It's all about what we want individually, what we want in our collective groups, what makes us feel good. We're living in a time now where feelings are the most important thing. Feelings are an illusion. Because there's been many times that I've been praying to God to resolve a situation in my life. And while this situation's going on, I wasn't feeling too good about it. Faith is not about feeling. Faith is about believing. Faith is about facts. And sometimes facts don't make you feel good. But we're selfish. We go back to this, this pandemic. And I don't know all the facts about how it started everything, but the rumors are is, you know, that it started from people eating things they shouldn't eat. And this has been a, a historical thing that's happened before. When people deviate from what we know is normal and healthy to try in these exotic things that we have things like this happen that become out of our control. That's selfishness. Because we put our wants before the needs of everyone else. And there was so much debate about what we should do. How should we handle this situation? And people were so concerned about being able to, to have fun. To be able to do what they want to do. And, and gather and do these things that it was an acceptable risk. An acceptable loss to allow these things to happen and knowing there's going to be a percentage of loss, that's okay. Because we want to, to please the masses. On top of everything else, now we're in an election year. And everybody wants to impress everyone else. And we want, everyone wants to see how great they are so they'll go and pick me, pick me. Look what I did. Look what I'm going to do. How I'm going to be the hero. We have such division because we want our particular group, no matter what it is, to come out on top. And because of this selfishness, this division, we are now willing to compromise. We're, the big picture is gone. What's good for the America as a whole, what's good for the world as a whole, is no longer in focus. Now we're focusing on what is good for this particular group right now, for this particular person right now. 
We have people that's not wanting to take command of their role in society because they're afraid of how others are going to see them. That's selfishness when we're putting our personal feelings above what is good, what we were put in this position to do. If we stand up and only say the things that make others feel good, that's only going to make people like us, that's being selfish and it's not being effective. So what do we have to do as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ? What do we have to do? One thing is we have to stay in faith. Satan wants to tear us down. He wants us to give up. He wants us to say, hey, forget it. It's too far gone. We've done all we can do. Let's just wait on Jesus to come back. We can't do that. They are still work to be done. They are still souls to be saved. And there's still time to turn things around. But we cannot sit by idly and just do nothing. We have to have faith. And we don't have to do nothing in the physical sense. We don't have to hold up signs. We don't have to march up and down. What we have to do is we have to come together in spirit. We have to be like-minded. We have to come in an agreement because whatever is agreed upon on earth is binded in heaven. And I know that's not the exact way that verse goes, but you get the gist of it. We have to come together united. One body of Christ. We have to use the most effective tool that we have, which is prayer. We all have to pray. And not just the things that we talk about each and every week, not for our personal needs. We have to pray for this nation, these communities. And we have to make sure we're praying for the right things. What I see is a lot of confusion. A lot of misguidedness. A lot of false teaching. Many of us has came up in the church. We came up with Bible-believing parents. And we've had the opportunity and the exposure. This is not the case for everyone. And sometimes all these people need to see is what the truth is. What a little bit of Jesus can do in their life. And that's why we have to be the example. That's why we have to have pure hearts. That's why we have to be full of the light of God so we can radiate from us and others can see that. 
That's why we have to be strong in our faith. That's why we have to be direct in our actions. We have to be the face of the church. We have to be the hands and feet of God. Reading some interesting things. You know, uh, we like to think that we're involved, but, you know, Christians are not really involved. We have to have law and government to maintain order. This is what keeps things in, in check without having people just to, to run amok. There has to be some kind of, of structure to life. And then we have to keep that structure in check as well. And we do that by the people that we put into office. But you know that less than a quarter of Christians even vote. We get complacent in our everything that we do. Because many of us, you know, we've been saved for a long time and that fire kind of wanes and we kind of get into a system where we go to church on Sunday and we go through our week and we don't really think about anything else. We get self-absorbed in our own personal needs and our own little circles and we don't think about anything else. I challenge you to start praying bigger. Expand your circle. And you know, you don't have to have a specific person in mind, a specific thing in mind. God knows what the needs are. What he needs us to do is, is allow him to work through us. We have a spirit in us. And that spirit can communicate with God better than our little minds ever could. But we have to allow that to happen. We have to open up and just say, I'm here and I'm willing. We have to ask for direction. Have God lay us on our heart. What what God today? What is the, is the need today? What is the prayer today, Father, that it needs to be that needs to be sent up? We've seen God work through through Abraham when he brought through his intersection, brought Lot out of Sodom. That's what God needs from us. We're constantly waiting on him to do something, wondering where he's at. But in return, he's waiting on us. We have to do our part first to allow him to work. What are we doing today? Bow with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity today, Father, just to get into your word, Father. We know there's just just so much going on and it seems so overwhelming, Father. And we know that that we have power, Father. You've told us this. It's in your word. It's, it's clear, Father, that we have power. Father, we ask that you'll start 
showing us how we can exercise our power, Father, how we can bring down the kingdom of heaven, how we can start making changes, Father, how there can be there, how we can keep pushing further, Father, than we think that we can go, that we can ignite our internal fires once again, Father, to burn bright for you, that you'll help us in all these things, Father, to just be a beacon of light for you and for your church, Father, and that we can be better people, better Christians, Father, and just do what we need to do and do our part. We ask you, Father, to take care of all these needs and situations, Father, to to touch the hearts, Father, that need to turn around, the ones that need to change, the ones that need to have courage, Father, to do what they need to do, the ones that need to change direction in their life, the ones that need to, to see a different path, Father. Where all these needs and situations are, Father, we ask that you handle these things to just, once again, Father, just to let the, the Holy Ghost spread over this place and just, just touch and to start being a healing, Father, in the nation once again. We thank you for this, Father, and ask these things in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Page 382.